Let us pray. Lord God, as we come now to open Your Word to see Solomon and the Queen of Sheba. Father, we see as we have just sung that gift from gold, of gold from Sheba laid before Solomon, which is a picture of it being laid before Christ. Oh Lord God, we ask this day that You would bless the reading, hearing, and preaching of Your Word. Give us understanding by Your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're able to remain standing, please do so. Take your copies of God's Word and turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 10. First Kings 10, we'll begin at verse 1. We'll read this morning through verse 13. Hear now the Word of God. It is infallible. It is inerrant. It is God speaking to us. So let us pay close attention. Now when the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a, a very great retinue with camels bearing spices and very much gold and precious stones. When she came to Solomon, she told him all that was on her mind. And Solomon answered all of her questions. There was nothing hidden from the king that he could not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food of his table, the seating of his officials and the attendance of his servants, their clothing, his cupbearers, and his burnt offerings that he offered at the house of the Lord... There was no more breath in her. And she said to the king, the report was true that I heard in my own land of your words and of your wisdom. But I did not believe the reports until I came and my own eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity surpassed the report that I heard. Happy are your men, happy are your servants who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who has delighted in you and set you on the throne of Israel. Because the Lord loved Israel forever. He has made you king that you may execute justice and righteousness. And she gave the king 120 talents of gold and a very great quantity of spices and and precious stones. Never again came such an abundance of spices as these that the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. <coughs> Moreover, the fleet of Hiram, which brought gold from Ophir, from, brought from Ophir a very great uh, amount of almug wood and precious stones. And the king made of the almug wood supports for the house of the Lord and for the king's house, also lyres and harps for the singers. No such almug wood has come or been seen to this day. And King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all that she desired, whatever she asked besides what was given her by the bounty of King Solomon. So she turned and went back to her own land with her servants. 
the grass withers and the flower fades away. The Lord of our God endures forever. You may be seated. Last Sunday morning, we saw the Lord appearing to Solomon for a second time. Again, the first time that the Lord appeared to Solomon, he told Solomon, you ask for whatever you want and I'll give it to you. And Solomon asked for wisdom. In the Lord's second appearance to Solomon, we heard how the Lord gave Solomon a choice. Would he be obedient to the commands and dictates of God? If so, he would be blessed. Israel would be blessed. But if he chose the the path of disobedience, not only would Solomon and his sons, but all of Israel would suffer the, the judgment of God. We heard of the success of Solomon and even heard of accomplishments and future accomplishments of the king. And we weren't the only ones who heard because as we see this morning, someone else had heard of Solomon. The queen of Sheba. She had heard of the glories of a distant kingdom. Yet as she heard these things, she had trouble believing that they could be true. Could there be such a king as she was hearing about? So she decided to go and see for herself. She traveled across the the Middle East to (coughs) visit Jerusalem, a journey that led to one of the most famous diplomatic encounters in the history of international relations. But this is more than just an historical account for us here this morning. Yes, we have two great leaders meeting, but we we see something with profound spiritual implications. According to Jesus Himself, the, the meeting of Solomon and the Queen of Sheba can teach us the way to eternal life. And so there are five things I want us to, to see here this morning in our text. And it begins with the queen's curiosity. Now Solomon and the queen of Sheba, they are a study in contrast. And she is not a Jew. She, she is a Gentile. She is a queen. He is a king. And so this curious woman visits a a wise and and wealthy man. Now typically, someone like the Queen of Sheba would have sent emissaries to go and to see if everything she had heard was true. But this time, she she travels more than a, a thousand miles through the desert to meet Solomon in person. Now she ruled a kingdom of what is now the country of Yemen. And she was one of the most powerful and influential women in all the world. And the true source of her greatness was her intellectual curiosity. She had heard, as verse 1 tells us, of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. And she came to test him with hard questions. She had heard of the wisdom of this king. Now Solomon's reputation was well Deserved. He had been granted the gift of unsurpassed wisdom. And so she was curious about this king. She had heard about the king's legendary wisdom. 
Maybe even the wisdom he used concerning the two prostitutes when he told his servants to cut the baby in half. I'm sure that story would spread quite quickly. But she did not quite believe the reports. How can there be a man this wise? And so she comes and she asks Solomon the hardest questions she knew. Now, as out of curiosity, she wanted to know the answers herself. And so she asked for what she wanted to understand. And, and by the time Solomon finished answering all of her questions, she was able to testify to the truth. Look at verse 6. And she said to the king, the report was true. But I heard in my own land of your words and of your wisdom, but I did not believe the reports. Until I came and my own eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity surpassed the reports that I heard. And so as she sees and hears these things, as she put Solomon to the test, as he answered the, the most difficult questions she could think of, this then led her into certain actions. And so the second thing we see, and the first thing that she does after seeing and hearing all this, is that she honors the, the wisdom of the king. Verse 3, and Solomon answered all of her questions. There was nothing hidden from the king that he could not explain to her. And, and when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he built, the food of his table, the seating of his officials, the attendance of his servants, their clothing, his cupbearers, and his burnt offerings that he offered at the house of the Lord, there was no more breath in her. Now the queen of Sheba is an example she is an example to follow in, in coming to trust in Christ. What we're seeing in this text is the fact that she moves from unbelief to faith in, in God and His kingdom. We can say in this story, she, or we see how to respond to Jesus by honoring the wisdom of the King. Again, whatever she asked of Solomon, he answered for her. Now we thank God this morning that we, we have Solomon's wisdom. Well, we have his, his wisdom given to us and, and the books of wisdom. We think of, of all the Proverbs that Solomon wrote. We, we think of the psalm that we sung just a little bit ago, Psalm 72 was penned by Solomon and his wisdom. We, we think of his love song to uh, his, his beloved in the Song of Solomon. And, and we even can study philosophy from Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes. But the Queen of Sheba, she was able to experience firsthand his wisdom. And she was left speechless. Not only concerning his wisdom, but everything she saw, the riches he had, the servants, all of the court of Solomon, she was without breath in her. She was overwhelmed. Now, she was a great woman. She was a great queen. 
But she recognized that there was someone far superior to her in Solomon. And now she realizes all the reports that that she had heard that it barely did him justice. She recognized Solomon's wisdom was not simply for his own benefit, but for the benefit of his people. For the benefit of those who served him, who found their, their greatest joy in the service of their worthy king. And so she honored the wisdom. She believed in the God of this king. But then the second thing and the third thing that we see in our text is this. She, she worshipped the king's majesty. Look at verse 9. Blessed be the Lord your God who has delighted in you and set you on the throne of Israel. Because the Lord loved Israel forever and He has made you king that you may execute justice and righteousness. What was her response? She is without breath and and she responds with praise. She worshipped the royal majesty with high praise. She rejoiced in the ruler of God's kingdom. And in that rejoicing, she worshipped God Himself. She worshipped the King of all, all kings. She recognized that Solomon was God's gift to His people. A gift of God's everlasting love. She recognized that God setting Solomon on the throne of Israel was actually God establishing justice and righteousness in Israel. Now what makes this so amazing is this. This woman is a Gentile. She's not from Israel. She is not a a Jew. She came from Sheba, which was outside the covenant of uh, community. And so the queen of Sheba was one of the very first Gentiles to worship the king of God's kingdom as typified in King Solomon. This made uh, the queen of Sheba one of the first fulfillments of the ancient prophecies that God would bless all nations through His saving grace. This was an answer to Solomon's prayer. A few weeks ago, we were looking at that prayer and Solomon prayed that people from every nation would come and worship the one true God. And and so we find God answering that prayer. We find the promises of God coming true for all the nations. And that was God's plan all along. God chose another Gentile by the name of Abram. And He chose him in His grace. And He told Abram, In you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All the families of the earth will be blessed. Your descendants will be so numerous you cannot count them. And from Abraham came the nation of Israel. But it was not just God's plan to save one nation, but to save many nations and peoples and tongues and tribes. And the queen of Sheba coming and worshiping God it is a fulfillment of that. And so as Solomon had prayed that all the peoples of the earth may know 
that the Lord is God. And with the arrival of this queen, his prayers are coming true. And then the fourth thing we see, the third thing that she does in response to all this, is that she gives the king treasure. And we're probably thinking, what more does Solomon need? Even last week, Hiram gave him uh, gold, even though Solomon had given him cities, and Hiram wasn't pleased uh, of those cities, and so he gave them back to Solomon, and he gave him gold on top of that. The queen of Sheba gave Solomon something tangible. Verse 10. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold and a very great quantity of spices and, and precious stones. Never again came such an abundance of spices as these that the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. But she wasn't alone. Did you read what Hiram also did? The, verse 11, moreover, the fleet of Hiram, which brought gold from Ophir, brought from Ophir a very great amount of almug wood and precious stones. And the king made of the almug wood supports for the house of the Lord and for the king's house, also lyres and harps for the singers. No such almug wood has come or been seen to this day. Now again, the treasuries of Solomon, they were full. As we say the last week, Solomon had everything a king could want. And here, God is blessing him all the more. He's giving him more and more treasure from, from the hands of Gentiles. Don't miss that. These are Gentiles giving to the king of Israel. And this too was an answer to Solomon's prayer. It was not simply the, the worship of nations, of the one true God that Solomon desired, but also the gift of their tribute. Did you catch that when we were singing Psalm 72? We sung that for a reason this morning. First of all, Solomon wrote it, but then we also see what is transpiring in our text. In Psalm 72 and verse 10, Solomon prayed, May the kings of Tarshish and of the coastlands render him tribute. Render who? Christ. The one who is king of kings and lord of lords. In verse 15 of that same psalm, May the gold of Sheba be given to him. And we find that taking place. In answer to these prayers, the, the king of Tyre and the queen of Sheba came with all kinds of precious gifts. Again, beautiful wood for the building of the temple, for making musical instruments so that God could be worshipped there. Precious gems, more gold, spices. All of this fit for a king. And then the fifth thing we see and we understand is we see that she then received the king's blessing. In verse 13, And King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all that she desired, whatever she asked besides what was given her by the bounty of King Solomon. So she turned and went back to her own land with her servants. Now in the end, as the queen of Sheba came and, and gave praise to God and the king of 
of God's kingdom, gave a, a tribute to the king. In the end, she too was blessed. Solomon gave her everything she wanted. Not just the wisdom, but also his wealth. He sent her home with bountiful blessings of his kingdom. But what is interesting is the Bible tells us that there is a greater blessing that still awaits the Queen of Sheba. And we are familiar with this story, but are you familiar with the fact that Jesus Himself mentions her? That that greater blessing will come on the, the last day when Jesus Christ comes into His everlasting kingdom. We know that the Queen of Sheba will receive the blessing of of eternal life. And we know this because Jesus explicitly stated that she would be present at the final judgment. Now Jesus said this, this to the people of His own generation. Now the people of His own generation wanted Him to give some sort of sign. We, we see this throughout the Gospels that they always want a sign. Lord, give us a sign. You know, it wasn't enough the sign that God Himself gave concerning the birth of Christ. Concerning the life of the Lord. They are always wanting a sign. Give us a sign that, that you are the Messiah. And so in the midst of that, this is what Jesus said to them in Luke 11 verse 31. The, the Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. This is how we know that this queen of Sheba, she understood and believed in the God of Solomon. Jesus praises this woman who had come to hear the wisdom of Solomon, which is the wisdom of God, and she will stand the last day and condemn them, those of Jesus' own generation who refuse to see the one greater king than Solomon that was standing before them in Jesus. And so we hear all of this, and what application can we make? Well, first, we find in the Queen of Sheba someone coming with the curiosity to take a serious look at the King of Israel. And so anyone who is willing to take a, a serious look at the one who is greater than Solomon, Jesus, will discover that he is everything advertised and more. Have you ever had someone ask, where, where should I begin reading in the Bible? Maybe they're, maybe they're curious like the Queen of Sheba. Or maybe they're, they're a new believer. Where do we most of the time take them? Usually to one of the Gospels. And usually to the Gospel of John. Why? Because it shows us the divinity of Christ. It shows us that He is the great I Am. That He is God come in the flesh. And so the best way to take a good look at Jesus is to do what? Study the Gospels. What are the Gospels? They are the good news of Christ. They are, they are eyewitness revelation to us uh, from those who lived in the day of our Lord telling us about Christ. Eyewitness accounts of people who not only heard about Jesus, but also saw Him and touched Him. And so to read the Gospels is to see Jesus. 
you will see that He is the Christ. You will see that He is the living Son of God. You will see that He is the only Savior from sin. The second, we see the Queen of Sheba giving honor to Israel's King. And we should give even more honor to the wisdom of our King. You know, Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. But our King is even wiser than Solomon. We see the wisdom of Christ in creation. Now why do I always take us back there? Because again, if we get creation wrong, we get the rest wrong. We see the wisdom of Christ. John tells us in, the first gospel, uh, in his Gospel that it is through the Word that all things were created. And then we see the wisdom of Christ in all the things He has created in this world. We see the, the wisdom of Christ that is greater than Solomon and all that He taught. John also tells us in his gospel that, that he did not record, none of the gospels would record everything that Jesus said or did. Why? Because there's not enough books in the world to contain all that Jesus said or did in his first advent. We see the wisdom of Christ in his saving work. Now the world looks at that and they call that foolishness. Why would a king come and die for a people that hates him? But in that foolishness, we see the wisdom of God, Paul tells us. The wisdom of the cross, the wisdom of God sending His only Son to save His people from their sins. We see the wisdom of Christ in the church. Now again, the, the world calls this foolishness, doesn't it? People gathering together on a Sunday to worship. Again, to, to listen to someone preach. But in the church, we see the wisdom of Christ, how He governs the church. How He grows the church. How He gives the church His message. And so how happy we should be to serve this all-wise King and to hear His words of wisdom. Then third of all, we too should worship the King's majesty. That's what we are doing this morning. We have been called together on the Lord's Day to worship the majesty of our King. Today, we see the worldwide worship of Jesus. We see believing Jews and Gentiles coming together in the church to worship the majesty of Christ. As the King of all kings, Jesus now deserves the worship and the praise of all nations. And He will receive just that. We know the book of Revelation tells us that there will be people from every nation and tongue and tribe that will come and bow before Christ and worship Him forever. Fourth, we too, like the Queen of Sheba, should give the King treasure, not because he needs it. Our king needs nothing. He is even richer than Solomon. He has all the riches and glories of heaven itself. And he is worthy, though, of all of our golden treasure, everything else that we can offer to him. Whatever we have is from him and through him. Whatever we have is also for him. And therefore, He's worthy of it. 
And so we bring Him treasure. We bring to our King money that then the King uses to work for His kingdom. And then finally, if we do not give Jesus as much as He deserves, then the Queen of Sheba will condemn us of the final judgment. She gives us an example as she gave to King Solomon. And King Solomon was merely a picture of Christ. She understood the wisdom of King Solomon, the, the wealth that he had been given, the wisdom, the righteousness that she saw in the king. And she gave it all to him and she worshipped his God. And anyone who refuses to acknowledge Christ as king will be condemned. But anyone who seeks Jesus sincerely and honors him as king will receive all of his blessings forever. And so what will you do this morning? Will you come to Christ and seek Him and honor Him as King and Lord over all? If you will not do it this day, nor if you do not do it any day in your life, you will do it at the last day. The Bible tells us every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But if you're not found in Christ in this life, at the last day, it will be done in unbelief and you will only be condemned. And that's why God gives us so many opportunities in this life, isn't it? To come and to hear His Word. To repent of our sin and believe in Jesus. He's patient. He's long-suffering. And so will you be like the Queen of Sheba who comes and honors the King who comes and worships the, the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Will you be like her who saw in the King righteousness and justice? And we have that King that is far greater than Solomon Jesus. And so come to Him today. Come and believe in Him and Him alone. Turn from your sin and, and trust in Jesus for it. The one who is the king is also the sacrifice. The one who gave of himself to save sinners. And all is required of us is to come in faith. Come and believe in him. Come as we turn from our sin. And as we do so, we will have that same faith that the Queen of Sheba had. And at the last day, our king will give to us all that we desired. Whatever we asked. Besides what has been given by the bounty of the King. May God add His blessing to the reading, hearing, and preaching of His Word. Let us pray. Father, we thank You this morning for Your Word. And we thank You that in an historical encounter, encounter between two leaders, we find Christ. We thank You that the one greater than Solomon has come. Lord, I pray if there are any here this morning that does not know the Lord Jesus, that even now You, Father, would speak to their heart by way of Your Word and Your Spirit. You would show them their need of Christ and bring them to Him. No, Lord, may we honor You as King of kings and Lord of lords, not only today, but every day.
and forever and eternity. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.